Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite gal pal, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today... Tara's going to be telling me the case or the suspicious death of Sheena Morris. But before she does that, if you want to hang out with us on social media, you can do so by heading over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. We do have a very vibrant Facebook group. It is Three Spooked Girls Official. That's where we do everything from our book exchanges or our, you know, we have like a a spookster book club and Mm -hmm. we discuss books in there. And we also, that's where we do our, our exchanges, like our secret Satan, which I've, we've been talking about this in the last few episodes, which makes me really want it to be fall so we can just do secret Satan already. Like, come on. I know. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we do that over there. And it's just a really great place. We've created a safe space on the internet for like-minded individuals to go hang out and discuss cases, share memes, kind of just all around be yourselves and mm-hmm. interact with other respectful spooksters. Yes. So if you would like to be a part of that, all you have to do is go to Facebook at the top, type in Three Spook Girls Official. There is a process in which we do screen because let's face it, this is an AI world and there's bots out there and Mm -hmm. we don't need you all to be spammed in there. So our lovely mods go and look at all that for us. So yeah, definitely join if you're on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We also have a Spookster shop which in there, Tara does tarot reading. She has her crystal, like, just like cute little witchy things every once in a while Mm -hmm. when she does her releases. And I want all of them. I always want, like, (laughs) everything she has. And she's like, no, Jessica, that's not how this works. (laughs) She's like, order it then. I was like, (laughs) So definitely check those out. We also have a merch store, which is in our link tree. We have some fun things. I'm really, I like the stuff that we have right now. The Papa Joe oh sweaters, gosh. shirts are my favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm, I still haven't decided which kind, like what style of shirt I want. Cause I like all the ones I did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't just own like 15 shirts that all have Papa sure Joe. Sure you can. Sure I mean, you I can. can. <laughs> but like, can you imagine? Someone like, <laughs> can you imagine, can you imagine like, looking you start in my dating closet? someone and they come to your house and they're just like. Do, do, do. <laughs> they see 15 shirts. They They're just like the girl. Like I can see them like so this girl I'm dating. Uh, like I looked in her closet and it's just like 
all this like it just says Papa Joe and you know of course they're probably gonna be like I don't know who that is <laughs> some dude is what they'll say. some old dude on her shirt it's like a, I guess her papa I don't know maybe it's like a her grandpa I mean I would be to be so lucky oh, I'm just like <laughs> or it'll be someone who's like I really like that I really like the fact that you've committed to one <laughs> choice. <laughs> one screen print <laughs> it's fine just that people are like why i'm like it makes it easier i know what i'm gonna wear today <laughs> i just have to know if it's gonna be hot outside or cold outside it's always papa joe oh my god <laughs> i just want him to know how much we stand for him just like <laughs> just a little bit like if someone knows him be like they're these crazy girls who just absolutely love you <laughs> i mean yes you know, he's a crowd favorite, so it's okay. <laughs> he is. He's fantastic. Joe Kenda. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around careers, relationships, or anything else, therapy can help you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. And this is just like something that rings true for myself because in my experience, therapy has been helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. And this is just two great tools to have for yourself. It empowers you to be your best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash spooked girls today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash spooked girls. If you want to help support the show, you can do that by heading over to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls or the convenient link tree has the link. And for little as a dollar, you get a bonus episode a month, $5 and up, get ad free episodes. Mm -hmm. and they come out a day early. Mm -hmm. So if you're like caught up, I always love when I read people's comments when they're like, I'm all caught up. I can't wait for the next episode. (laughs) You're a patron. You get it the Mm -hmm. day before everyone else. So you're Mm -hmm. in the know. And the whole backlog of all that content, there's a fuck ton of stuff there. That's true. Because on our main, like on our main feed, we have like over 400 and like, I think this may have been 450 maybe 451 we're pretty close up there mm. but like there is a lot more that we were like you know yeah I'm just gonna- well, not even not even just the ones that we archived but you have to All think we've been episodes. doing this show for like four and a half years almost five at this five, point yeah. there's a lot of bonus content over there Oh, yeah, we have a ton. <laughs> Basically, four years, because I don't know when we started. I can't remember when we started Patreon. I think like in 2019, sometime. So basically like four years worth of extra episodes. Yeah. And you get those for a dollar. You get the bonus mm-hmm. episodes for a dollar. So you could go back and like binge all that shit. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what, the, what they were back then, because my memory doesn't go that far. 
Oh my gosh, no. And I have the memory of a goldfish with that kind of stuff. So it's like sometimes we have to double check ourselves. <laughs> Just as like, have we done this? And I have to go into our stuff and like search and make sure. <laughs> no, you don't. You guys don't understand. There are times where we get like real hyped on something. We're like, we should do this. This one sounds great. Or me, I'll be like, Tara, I found this case. It's amazing. And she'll be like, yeah, I did a stabby on it like 12 months ago. <laughs> I was like, this is why I knew this. This was good. My bad. But anyway, also, if you are on the Tiki Talk, you should go see Tara. Her handle is at spooky underscore sleuth. My TikTok, I haven't uploaded in more than a year. I might start doing kitten stuff because let's be be honest, my cats are pretty fucking cute. They're just adorable. If you guys don't know, I got two kittens recently. One his name is Hades and one is Freya. And they're just the light of my life right now. People in my life, every time I see a new, like, see a person I haven't seen since I got them, I'm like, oh my God, did I tell you I got kittens? <laughs> I'm becoming that person. But with that. that, I'm going to hand it over to Tara, and she is going to tell us about this very suspicious death. Yeah. Just be prepared to be pissed. Quick trigger warning there is discussion of domestic violence and suicide in this case. So if that is triggering to you, please skip this episode. And yeah, check out one of the other ones, or we'll just see you next time we publish on Thursday. But I wanted to give that disclaimer before I started. Okay, so this became my obsession this morning on accident, this case. So I was on, I was watching Discovery Plus because I was off today. And I saw a, I was looking for like more one-off shows, you know, like how you watch the Papa Joe show. Mm-hmm. Where there's like, like one episode. One like, case per episode. Yeah. Yeah. So this one is actually two cases an episode, but they're both like very like under the same like like same kind of circumstances, right? Oh, so yeah. you get what I'm saying? Where it's like 20 minutes one and then 20 minutes the other or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, so it's called this is about a bank robbery gone wrong. And it's mm-hmm. two of them. I got it. I got you. So this focuses on unsolved cases or cases that haven't gotten justice. It's called Still a Mystery. And I randomly picked one. And once I watched that and then went and looked at the follow up stuff, because like it was, you know, it's an older episode. There was updates since it aired. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's it's a good show. It's a good show. I like it. We'll see. I haven't watched other episodes yet. So our case today is going to revolve around 22 year old Sheena Morris. So Sheena was an only child and born in Syracuse, New York. She was born and raised there. After she turned 18, she moved to Tampa, Florida. She was described as an incredible young woman who brightened up every room she walked into. Her passion for everything she did created an abundance of friends throughout the Tampa Bay and Syracuse area. She had a lot of love for her family and friends. She was extreme. Since she was an only child, she was actually really close with both of her parents. They did end up getting divorced when she was a kid or like a teenager or something like that. But she still had good relationships with both of them. She was like super, super close with both of them, which is great. She was very smart. She was an animal lover. She actually had two Yorkies. So fucking cute. Super fucking cute. And her dog's names were Chloe and Encore. And I'm assuming she had another one either before or growing up who was named Baggio. Mm. That dog is mentioned in her obituary. So her parents are 
Kelly and Kevin. I'll mention Kelly quite a bit. She's a boss ass bitch. I'm just going to say that. She's a fucking boss ass bitch. I love a good mom. Right. I love when there's like a mom who's just like, I got this. Mm-hmm. So her mom and stepdad are Kelly. Okay. So Kelly's her mom. Her stepdad is Kevin. And her father or her dad is David Morris. And then her stepmom was, is Lisa. Kind of confusing. <laughs> but she did have two stepbrothers, Easton and Nolan. So like I said, she like after 18, she moved to Tampa, right? And mm-hmm. in the like background info, I, I believe her mom and stepdad lived in Tampa as well. So I'm not sure if like maybe she moved with them or like how she got down there originally, what have you type of thing. They didn't really say. But we're going to go ahead and start around like the early 2000s. So let's say roughly like 2006-ish, okay? She's got this boyfriend she meets, and he's older. His name is Joe Genoese. And her father and her mother are both in this documentary. And they said, you know, Joe was kind. They got along. It seemed like he treated their daughter well. They weren't thrilled because there was a a little bit of lying about his age, though. So originally, mom, Kelly, is told Joe is 35, has kids, and is going through a divorce. So thing about that, though, is Sheena didn't know the extent of the nasty divorce, supposedly. I mean, she might have. I'm not sure. But basically, he did lie. He said he was 35. He ended up being 45. Kelly fucking went and did some sleuthing after she met him and shit. But she <laughs> she says in her interview, she's like, I she's like, the minute I saw him, I literally said, you're not bleep 35 years old. I'm assuming fucking 35 years old. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He he looks like he's in his mid 40s. And that's because he is. He did take really good care of Sheena. He actually paid her rent for her while she was job hunting and stuff. And her parents, you know, they didn't give her like any shit or anything for him being so much older than her. They they stayed supportive, you know, because they thought, well, you know, he is older, but like they have a good relationship. He treats her right. He's nice to us, like respectful. We're good. So the thing with them is they were on and off again for two years, right? So that's the thing. So technically, I would like doing the math afterwards when they said this, that means they started dating when she was 20 and he was like 43 years old. Yeah. I don't necessarily like that. No, I don't either. Well, like I said, on and off again for two years and flash forward to December 2008. They are over at her her mom's house for like Christmas and the holidays and stuff like that. And he proposes and she accepts. And he, on top of her engagement ring, he also gives her like really expensive jewelry, like a diamond tennis bracelet and a really nice necklace, all of that. Kelly actually caught it on film. She recorded it on, you know, probably a camera, like a digital camera, I'm assuming, because it was too clear to be a phone of that day. (laughs) So I'm assuming a digital camera. Well, after the, the proposal and the engagement and all that, on December 30th, 2008, they go to Bridgewalk Resort for New Year's Eve weekend with the dogs. Or it might have been a weekend. I just say weekend because I'm pretty sure. But the holiday, they went down there, right? 
So they get there, they take the Yorkies, they check in, they go to dinner, they have a few drinks. Sheena is texting with her friends and family because her one of her cousins, I think it was, was literally in labor, like waiting for the baby to come. Yeah. And she was like someone who like was super excited. She was excited to be an auntie. She like told people all the time about it. She always talked about it, you know, that kind of thing. So after dinner, they go back. They go back to the room. And at this point, people are still hearing from Sheena. They're still getting texts. She's making plans with her friends after her little, you know, mini vacay with her fiance, all that stuff. But she does go silent, which is very uncharacteristic for her. So at 4.48 a.m., she receives a text saying, you know, that the baby was born. And there's zero response at all. Hours and hours and hours and hours go by. We're like eight hours later. So we're at like one in the afternoon now. Joe calls Kelly and says he can't reach Sheena and that they had gotten into a fight and it got so bad that he left the hotel around 2 a.m. and went home to where he lived in Clearwater, which was an hour away from the resort that they were staying at. He told her he told Kelly that he tried to call back later after he got home and got no answer. So Kelly's like, oh, shit, what the fuck? Because, you know, I mean. She's in her early 20s, so having her argue with her partner is, like, expected. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Kelly's just like, oh, shit, let me, you know, get a hold of her and see what's going on. Because she assumed her daughter was ignoring Joe. But she calls a crap ton, leaves messages, all of that, no answer, no nothing. So Kelly's like, fuck this. I'm going to go by Sheena's apartment because, you know, they both live in the same area. And no one is there. Okay, and while she's there... Or no, 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 not while. Yeah, while she's at the apartment, she gets a call that came in from Sheena's phone. And she's like, oh, my God, finally, fuck. And so she's like, Sheena, what what's going on? Like, what's happening? You know, and there's there's silence. There's nothing. No one's saying anything. So she's like, what the fuck? She's like, fucking answer me, basically. And she states that she starts to hear male voices in the background. So she's like, oh, my God. So she calls nine. Kelly calls 911. And they find out that what she was hearing was police radios, that there's police activity at the hotel that Sheena and Joe were at. And Kelly's like, I'm going by there. And the dispatcher goes, no, 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 you stay put. We're going to send a couple like, you know, detectives to you. And she's like, what the fuck? So obviously that's not good, right? So they notify her that her daughter is dead. And Mm. Kelly asks, you know, where was my daughter found? Where was her body? And all they say is in the shower. And so at this point, Kelly's like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? I got to talk to the medical examiner. Like, did she slip and fall? Like, some freak accident? You know, logical stuff, right? So on January 2nd, now into 2009, so a couple days later, because obviously the holiday, the medical examiner's office calls Kelly. And they're going over saying, you know, they did the autopsy, all of that, and say it's consistent with a suicide. And that Sheena was found fully clothed in the shower, hung by her neck with one of her dog's leashes. And this is a huge shock to Kelly and, you know, her dad and everybody that, that knew her. Everybody. They're like, no, what the fuck? Like, this makes zero fucking sense. And when she's, you know, expressing this shock, The medical examiner asks her, didn't the police tell you? 
bitch, obviously fucking not. So, yeah. But like I said, nobody thought that this was a suicide. When they actually got into her apartment, her rent check for January was sitting there on the counter. She had just renewed her AAA subscription, her magazine subscriptions. You know, she had made plans with her friends before her death and was talking to them, you know, all of that. And they were just like, no, there, there's no way. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, instantly, they, her parents think it's Joe. They're like, holy shit, this is the last person with her. You know, it's, it's always the husband, you know, that kind of thing. But it's like, that's literally who she was with for this holiday weekend, right? But interesting fun fact as we get into this, Joe was never a person of interest in this case. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Back up. Like you're not even like Oh, you're gonna say what? A lot. Oh goody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now their argument that Joe was trying to downplay was a lot more than he was letting on. So what I did like about this too is they did include 911 calls from this case. And one of them from one of the other people staying in the room next door to them, mm-hmm. calls 911 because of their fighting. And when this guy called in, he said, we're in the room next door and there's some kind of domestic thing going on and just two people over there just screaming and yelling, a man and woman at each other. So, you know, they send two cops out at the hotel. They actually see Joe coming down the stairs, but don't stop him because obviously they don't know who he is, <laughs> which it's like, okay, fair. Mm-hmm. And Sheena is still alive at this time. She speaks with the police and she shows them a mark on her neck and a cut on her left ring finger knuckle. So maybe it got, you know, hit on something or defensive, things like that. Well, interesting enough, these marks on her were basically claw marks, they looked like. But for some reason, the police changed the call from a domestic disturbance to a simple disturbance and don't file anything. What? And they leave. Mm hmm. And once this information was, you know, provided to Sheena's parents, they are like, what the actual fuck? Right. Warranted. Very. So after this, after learning this, Kelly goes to the police with these concerns and they're just like, no, it was a suicide. She hung herself and they they never looked into it because literally they saw her and they did it right off the bat that saying that's what it was. So they didn't process a crime scene, you know, this, the crime scene as a crime scene. They never dusted for prints, for fingers, for shoes, nothing. And they took bare minimum photos. So after this, Kelly decides she's going to get Sheena's phone records just to see if there was anything else. And also about like other nine, there, she finds out there was other guests that called 911, not just the next door neighbor. And Sheena herself actually did as well at 2.05 a.m. And on her 911 call, she says, hi, my name is Sheena. I'm in Manatee County right now. I was on vacation for the holiday with my fiance for the holiday. And we have two separate homes. He's on the way to my home, apparently, right now. He took off with my car keys and my house keys, and he said he was going to destroy my house. He did physically hurt me. He did make me bleed and left claw marks all over my body or all over me. Police didn't take it seriously at all. This whole thing. They didn't take it seriously finding her deceased. They didn't take it seriously responding to this call. And the 
one of the guys or the like the sergeant that went out there was newly promoted. He had zero experience with any kind of suspicious death mm. case. This was his first one. And like I said, he walked in there, instantly determined it was a suicide. Now, at this point, her family gets her personal belongings back, including her cell phone and her digital camera, because, you know, we all freaking carried cameras. Oh my God, <laughs> the little wristlet strap. Yes, that was like the thing that popped into my brain. <laughs> and, you know, they start going through it. And this is where they discovered those. She took pictures of her mark, of the wounds on her, the marks on her and stuff. Also, they found, they looked through the text thread between Sheena and Joe after he left. And she had t- sent him two texts. And they said, stop being an alpha male and keep your hands off women. You're evil and scary. And none of the texts from Sheena mentioned she wanted to harm herself anything like that to indicate that kind of thing. There was no note. The leash was a big thing for them, too, because of how much she loved her her dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, they were her fur babies. So they had said, you know, if this was a thing that she actually did commit suicide, she would have never used their leash. Like, she would not have done that. Right. That's just not not a thing, right? So... At this point, they're really confused and they're just like, well, you know, it's also a touristy area. You know, a lot of people were at the resort for New Year's Eve. Maybe it was some random person, but there's literally no evidence of anything like that. We'll get more into stuff later, though. You're going to be like, what the fuck about the the crime scene? This would be like the bad guy with the most, like the best opportunity Mm -hmm. to commit a crime because somebody... The cops had already been there and he's like, oh, I'll go murder her and I won't get away and I'll get away with it. Well, yeah. And they and they looked at the angle to like, oh, like maybe they were followed at dinner and, you know, they saw him leave. So they knew she was a I'm just like, Jesus, you're reaching. So after all of this stuff, especially the pictures, Kelly goes back to the police station. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, y'all need to reopen this. This is obviously a homicide. Look, like, look at all this other stuff. And they literally, literally told her she was a mother in denial that it was a suicide and it was closed. Even if you think that, even if you're a cop and you thousand percent believe that it's just a mom not willing to accept that their child killed themselves, like you would never fucking say that to a parent. No, like how fucking shitty are you as a human? Jesus. It just doesn't like it doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. I'm not a mom, but if I lost a child, like I know that if I'd birthed a child and had a child or was responsible for a child that I loved mm-hmm. and cared for, and that child died, whether it was at their own hand or by murder, mm-hmm. I would be having a hard time accepting it. Right. And you th- would think that people, like, you would help them more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, they're they're trash. So after this, I told y'all, Kelly's a boss ass bitch. She quit her job so she could investigate full time. And she does. So interesting fun fact for y'all. So it does like there's there's nothing really happening with this case for quite a while. So jump to June 2009. And fun fact, Joe is arrested for domestic battery of another woman. Go figure. So that's interesting, right? Mm hmm. And after this. A year later, on July 22nd, 2010, Sheena's body is exhumed for a second autopsy. And at this time, her manner of death is changed from suicide to undetermined. And while Kelly is doing all the work she did, there's two independent investigators who offered to help out. 
So the first one is Jan Johnson. She's a forensic specialist. And then there was Salvatore Razzarelli, who was a former police detective. So obviously, they've been in this field. Mm -hmm. And when Jan took a look at, you know, the photos, the evidence and everything, she was also in this because, you know, queen. She mentions that Sheena was barefoot and that there was sand caked on the bottom of her feet, like as if she had went and walked on the beach. So maybe she took her dogs out, something like that, that type of thing. But the weird thing was there was no sand on the floor, in the shower, in the bathroom. There definitely would have been. So besides that, another another big one is her eyes had broken, you know, eye vessels, blood vessels, what have you. And basically, she explains that this shouldn't have happened with the hanging because if you hang yourself, everything is cut off at one time. So she wouldn't have had the hemorrhaging that had happened. Think like the hemorrhaging that happens when maybe like you're strangled or something like that, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's called petechia hemorrhaging. Interesting. So not consistent with the suicide, but she said this is this type of hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging is consistent with her struggling with the struggle, right? Mm -hmm. So they believed at this time that, you know, Joe killed her and staged her body, staged the crime scene. This stuff alone would have been a very, very good case for murder, according to, I mean, hello, common sense, but also, you know, according to, to Salvatore as well. Well, we do have some comments from Joe as we go through this episode. and. He 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 did. He did reply to Still a Mystery. And he said, one of the first thing he said was, there were two dogs in the room with Sheena. So if anyone did anything to Sheena, the dogs would have made noise and neighbors would have heard it. Sheena committed suicide. Okay, but you're a person that's also the dogs are used to. So just saying. Right. And they're... Unless it was just like they just thought it wasn't relevant. There was no mention of the dogs being in the room when they found Sheena. So I, I don't know as far as that goes. But I'm just kind of like, so you're going to say if it was something sketch, the dogs would bark like, mm-hmm. OK. And his alibi was that his alibi was that one of his tenants. I'm not sure if he I think I missed this, but it kind of sounded like he maybe he managed an apartment complex, owned a duplex, something. They said that they or like a neighbor Maybe it was a neighbor and they just said it weird. But basically, Mm -hmm. he came home that night and this other tenant saw him. And there's no way, air quotes, he could have went back and committed any type of violence towards Sheena. And my argument with that is, well, he could have done it before he got there, before he left. That is a thought to fucking think. Well, a couple more years will go by, and on July 29th, 2012, the Sarasota Herald Tribune published Sheena's story. And this kind of sparked, this did spark general like public interest again in the case, which was great. So the Florida Department of Law Enforcement decided to look into her case after concluding that it did need to be reexamined, which is like a duh. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, Joe went on Dr. Phil. They had clips in there. I didn't bother go watching the whole thing because I'm like, I'm good. And he went in October of that year, so 2012, right? And Sheena's parents go too, and they they confront him, which it's like, as you should. Now, the I know how we all feel about polygraphs, so you can do what you want with this. So he's he did multiple polygraphs with Dr. Phil and elsewhere. 
So while on the Dr. Phil show, he had a polygraph conducted by Jack Tremarco. And Jack is like experienced as fuck. I mean, obviously, if you're being the, you know, the administrator for fucking Dr. Phil, you're gonna be, right? But no, he's like, he's done a lot. So he interrogated the Unabomber and also on the World Trade Center bombing case. And he was the chief polygraphist for the FBI's LA field office and is said to be one of the best in the world. So when he interviewed Joe or interrogated Joe, he had two questions he asked her. He asked, did you kill Sheena Morris? And he also asked, were you involved in causing the death of Sheena Morris? Of course, he says no to both of these, right? And results to both questions come back that his answers were deceptive. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. And he also would do one with, you know, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. But that one he passed. And when Still a Mystery asked him about this, he said, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement reports that I passed the lie detector test I was given. I was set up by the Dr. Phil show to not pass the one they gave me. Could go either way. But why I'm just would- like, interesting. Why would Why would someone who's, that's the thing though, it's like, you think about it, like, your reflex is like, well, it's a Dr. Phil show, so yeah, I guess I can see that. But at the same time, it's like, why would Jack jeopardize his reputation and his obviously like fucking career for Joe? Like, he's not going to do, like, I'm sorry. I mean, I could, you guys can think I'm naive, but I'm like, he's not going to fucking, why would he do that? He would not, you know what I mean? Especially in such like a public way. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that guy literally is like the best. He's like, he gets called in all the time for like the big ones. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like I said, Unabomber, fucking rotten hell, bro. But you know, when he was alive, he did. So... There's a 2020 story on Sheena's death in 2013. And of course, Joe fucking goes on to tell his side of the story. And he was like, there was no violence, anything like that. There was no domestic violence, blah, blah, blah. And supposedly, according to him, she, when they were on the phone, not in text, I'm like, convenient. He said that Sheena told him, if I can't have you all to myself, I don't want to be here. And then he starts crying. On the 2020 episode. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That seems like brand new information. Mm-hmm. Brand new information that magically is building the narrative that he wants there to be, in my opinion. It's very commonly said that the dead can't defend themselves. And right. this is kind of what he's doing is he's saying things that are like, hey, she can't dispute it. Exactly. Well, by November 2013... The Florida Department of Law Enforcement released a 20-page report, and they concluded in their findings that there was no evidence of a homicide. But the thing was, there was also a, I think he was like a private investigator that was also interviewed during this. There was a couple other people in this as well that were like, you know, law enforcement type people Mm -hmm. that was working with Kelly. He's like, there's no indication that they did any type of forensic examination of the crime scene, of any evidence. Well, there was no evidence, but you know what I mean, of like mm-hmm. anything they were given, anything like this. There's no way that they could reach this conclusion in a thorough way. This makes no fucking sense. Well, on top of that, people who were interviewed during, for this investigation by the agents said that they felt like their words were twisted to fit this suicide narrative. And this was like everybody, not just like, you know, her parents saying this. It was anyone, everyone they talked to. Mm -hmm. 
obviously, except fucking Joe, because he's like, yes, that's what's happened. So the report suggests that Sheena tried to take her life as a young teenager. And Kelly does talk about this. She says that this was something that they twisted yet again for this narrative. She had been what had happened was she was a younger teen. She had been grounded. It was like a big freaking, you know, fight, whatever. She took a bunch of aspirin and they took her to the ER to get her stomach pumped. So that was that. Also, like, I know that she was still pretty young when yes, her life when she ended. passed. She was 22. Yes. Right. But like when you're I feel like it's unfair to judge something you did when you were like a preteen. Right. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like they like they were saying, like, it fit with what they were trying to conclude to. So they used it. Yeah, this really does seem like they picked a narrative and then they Mm -hmm. form the facts around their narrative versus what you're supposed to do, which is fit the facts or like. And find what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, jump to 2019, August of 2019. And I'm assuming Jan, because, you know, she's like in forensics and stuff. She's either working at a college or something like that. She basically is an instructor or professor or something like that. Well, one of her students, because she's still, she was still, she's still a part of this case, said that there was something that was missed in one of Sheena's crime scene photos. And Jan's like, what? So the student shows her. And as soon as she was taken down from the shower head, they, they take a picture of like the back side of her, like her back and, you know, like from the back. Mm-hmm. And you see a V pattern on her back and it is it was in a stage called lividity and i didn't know what this meant but i like understand I'm like oh i know what that is lividity is the pooling of blood that occurs after the heart stops mm-hmm. but they looked at every picture every single thing there was literally nothing in the shower that could have made that v impression in her lower back because you know they're like oh let's look at like the faucet. Let's look at the shower. You know the right. How they turn the little knobs for the shower. All of that. The tile. N- no, nothing. So they're like, "What? How did she get that on her back?" So they're looking at all the photos that they had again, and they see that there was a wicker chair that was in like the little. You know how they always have like chairs and tables and stuff and suites and whatever. Mm-hmm. They had a wicker set, and it had the same V pattern. On the, cha- on the back of the chair, like on, you know, where she would sit, and it matched her back. So they go get one of the chairs from the resort. It matches. So at some point, basically, I'm sure you guys are picking up what I'm putting down, but at some point after she was dead, she was sat in that chair long enough to get that, you know, that imprint and that lividity on her lower back. Or she was strangled in that chair. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, how how's that going to work if she hung herself in the shower? What are you what are you saying, Florida, that she came back from the dead, sat in the chair and died? Like, no. But even when presented this forensic evidence, cuz like I would say it would be forensic evidence at this point. Maybe not, but whatever. This evidence, sorry, this case makes me so fucking mad, guys. The chief medical medical examiner brushed it off. He's like, "Nah, Still not a homicide. Still don't know. Still undetermined. What? Okay, but that's really fucking weird. Like, please tell me how that happened then. And also, like, how the fuck are you not putting that to where, like, when you're examining the body, 
Just not turn her over? Not look at the backside? No, because you have to think like they, the dude, the freaking detective, he ruled it a, a suicide right after. And then they're just like, all right, go through the motions, whatever. It is, this is what happened. They made up their mind and they had tunnel vision and they didn't fucking bother to do their job. Terrible, terrible fucking humans. Mm hmm. Well, in September of 2019, the state attorney's general's office notifies Sheena's family that they're going to review the case. And they do. And so then in January of 2020, the state attorney general's office, they handed the case over to the Florida attorney general's office of statewide prosecution. Basically, so this can be handed off to go to a, a grand jury, right? Now, unfortunately, with this grand jury, they ruled that there was not enough evidence to classify this as a homicide, which is really, really frustrating. I'm sorry, there have been homicides with like less evidence than this. Mm hmm. So obviously, because of COVID and everything, this like took a while for them to even get to that and whatnot. Like they handed it, they basically handed it off to them right before the fucking pandemic happened, you know. So they did a press release with this on May 14th, 2021. So it reads. On Friday, May 14, 2021, a Manatee County grand jury returned a no true bill in regards to the death of Sheena Morris. This office requested the Office of the Statewide Prosecutor to independently review this case. Our office has been advised that the grand jury were fully informed on the circumstances surrounding the death of Sheena Morris on January 1, 2009. We wish to thank the state, blah, blah, blah. You know, we don't really care about that. But basically, they said, you know, they went under oath, da, 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 da. And here is what the findings say. Sheena Morris died on January 1st, 2009 in Manatee County, Florida. The evidence is insufficient to establish that the death of Sheena was a homicide. The grand jury considered the testimony and other evidence presented by the following witnesses. Law enforcement officers of the Bradenton Beach Police Department and Florida Department of Law Enforcement, three medical examiners employed by the state of Florida, two medical examiners retained by the family of Sheena Morris, one crime scene expert retained by the family of Sheena Morris, two member of Sheena Morris's family, her parents. Yeah, so they were basically like, no, even with everything. Super fucking frustrating. It is. So, you know, to this day, whether it's it is Joe or it was somebody else, whoever it is, they have not been held accountable for Sheena's death because... You know, after watching that show and reading a ton of articles and reading like everything else, I am just baffled. And Kelly did release a statement after the press release. She said to the members of the media, I, Kelly Osborne, apologize for not being able to meet with you regarding the press release you all received today regarding my daughter, Sheena Morris. I will provide my statement here. I, Kelly Osborne, the mother of Sheena Morris, am only speaking for myself. If you wish to have a statement from Sheena's father, I can request for him to do so. I'm disappointed and exhausted from the last 12 years. It was a long-fought battle to have Sheena's case heard. It is my opinion that the evidence is insufficient, in quotes, because that's, you know, their words, because the Bradenton Beach Police Department failed to do their job 12 years ago. The so-called FDLE investigation four years later was exactly what they named the case, Operation Beach Assist. We know what they did and didn't do. I would like to thank Ed Brodsky for turning the case over to the Office of Statewide Prosecution and for Cass Castillo's hard work. 
I would like, which was, you know, who had the case first. I would like to thank the jurors for their hard work as well. Thank you to all the members of the media for your years of support and coverage in the death of my daughter, Sheena Lee Morris. To the Bradenton Beach Police Department, you need to leave death investigations and domestic violence cases to the Manatee County Sheriff's Office like you do with DWIs. Stick to what you do best, loud noise complaints and parking tickets. Damn, Kelly, coming for them. As she should. I love it. As she fucking should. And, you know, to this day, no answers. No answers. And it breaks my heart. And this is one that I know is going to bother me for it's it's giving it's up there with how Heather Elvis, how that one's always going to bother us. You know what I mean? And it's so frustrating and it breaks my heart so much for her family because like they did online petitions. They've done they've done so much work. And obviously, you know, Kelly's not done. Like, I don't I don't know what else they can. I'm not sure what else they could do at this point. But I just knew that when I was just watching this, you know, and I had honestly, to be honest with you, I had no intention of researching this case. Mm. I was just watching something. But it's just one that people need to hear. People need to hear. It's there's it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like there's obvious like why my brain is just like, why would they? Why? 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 I can't. (laughs) That's all I fucking got. I'm like, this is obviously a cover up for your dude's fuck up. Right. That's what this is. It's not like a conspiracy against like the fact that police are trying to help Joe get away with it. Mm -mm. It's literally the fact that some dude fucked up and they're like, oh, my God, if we get caught, this is millions of dollars Mm -hmm. and lawsuits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is why they they barely did anything. Mm -hmm. You know, they open the case, they investigate it. It doesn't take them very long and they move on. And it's it's hard because there's a person. And if she really did commit suicide, which I'm not, doesn't sound like she did, but I'm saying like. Wouldn't you be, wouldn't you be like, have some fucking empathy and be like, okay, I understand you think this isn't what happened, but let me schedule some time. Let's make an appointment or even take time right fucking now when she was there multiple times and sit down and be like, look. Here's how we came to this conclusion. Besides, oh, this dude walked in, saw her body like that and was like, case closed, done. It's so bad. It's terrible. Yeah. Absolutely terrible because I get that, like, if they found out he fucked up, this is career ending, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's he's done. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be a police officer and you're going to be in charge of a crime scene and there's a death involved, a death of a person isn't just that one person. It's a whole community that exactly. goes through this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the fact that like the way they treat the family, everything like that, just fucking be. Think about like how you would want it to be your family. Well, right. Exactly. And the other thing, too, is I want to know, even after seeing her with all those marks and all of that stuff, you know, why was this changed from a domestic disturbance to just a simple disturbance? I'm very confused. She was literally bleeding. In what universe would, would that make any fucking sense? I mean, it, it's not going to make sense. There isn't going to be something that like, in my opinion, there isn't going to be an explanation. No. And you know what's like, that's the thing too, because... The other angle you could look at is like, oh, was she like being disorderly? Anything? No, she fucking wasn't. Even when she called right. 911, she was being concise and communicating 
exactly right. what happened. You know what I mean? It just tells me that they just didn't believe this young woman. Yeah. When she's there and she's telling them about what's going on, they're like, oh, she's, it just, it shows the misogyny of this all, of like, mm-hmm. oh, she's just caught, like, they had a little fight and she probably had scratches on her, you know, from something else and she's blaming it on him. Like, mm-hmm. the thing I hear, like, you hear police say a lot to women is like, oh, just calm down. You're making this too big of a deal. It's like, no. And imagine if they had taken her seriously. Let's mm-hmm. say she was suicidal and you treated her like that. Yep. Like, I would feel hopeless in that moment. Like, I call for help and the people who are supposed to help me decide that I'm not worth helping. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And unfortunately, it's a true reality for this to happen all over the place. It's true. Because trust me, I've been there. But with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up for today. Thank you guys for listening, as always. And we'll go ahead and see you back here on the Thursday. We're going to have a new recap starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Toodles. Toodles.